Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Jamie. Um, I just chatted with Christine Valdez. Um, she is the founder of Haven Financial, and they are a, a company that provides outsourced bookkeeping on steroids. Um, it's more than just bookkeeping. And we actually use Christine's company now for all of our books. And um, it's a really good episode. It's very relatable for um, anyone who wears multiple hats in life, such as being a wife, mother, entrepreneur, W-2, two entrepreneur, um, and the, who's dealt with ups and downs and challenges of, of uh, all kinds of things. We, we, we talk about why she left her W-2, how she was let go at one job, and then building her business, starting her business, and then kind of having to rebuild it a couple of more times based on... Uh, losing a big client as well as the pandemic and the, and COVID having essentially um, shut things down almost. So she's had to kind of rebrand, remarket, recreate the business several times. Success to her is not all about lo having lots of money in your bank account. It's more about time freedom and control of your schedule. And she's definitely reached that. It hasn't been easy, but um, one of the big takeaways was about uh, how she's learned to be patient and take a long-term approach, take the big picture view to things um, and not put so much pressure on herself um, to get things done immediately um, and create success overnight. It's definitely not, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And I think this will be a great episode for any budding entrepreneur, um, any any small business owner, really, not to mention Christine's firm off, offers uh, bookkeeping services that I've been very happy with thus far. Uh, we've been working with them for over six months at this point, and um, their reporting has been great. So I highly recommend you listen to this episode, listen to Christine's story, really focuses on financial hardship and the ups and downs of creating and running a small business. Um, but also reach out to Christine if you have any questions about bookkeeping um, or financial reporting and the services that uh, Haven Financial can provide to you. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people, 
who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us Christine Valdez, Christine is the founder of Haven Financial, and we're going to get into what she does and what the business does. But Christine, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to dive in. Um, in the interest of full disclosure, we do uh, work with Christine's company our, ourselves, and um, Haven does a lot of uh, provides a lot of support to our businesses. So thrilled to have you on, Christine. For the listener out there who's unfamiliar with you, um, who are you, and what are you what are you up to today? Uh, what am I up to today? Um, so hi, I'm Christine Valdez, um, owner of Haven Financial. We do outsourced accounting services for small business owners. Um, who I am today, I am a business owner, I am a wife, I am a mom, I am a daughter, I'm a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so, you know, trying to do good in all those directions. Yeah, like we briefly touched on before we hit record, it's uh, being an entrepreneur and especially with a, with a startup is uh, not easy because you, yeah. last I checked, you don't have to put put down your your mom hat and your daughter hat and uh, wife hat, et cetera. Um, <laughs> all on all the time. <laughs> they're all on. So, um, now just before we jump into your backstory, Christine, what is, who is Haven? I know you already, you touched on it, but, but more specifically, what exactly does your, um, business do and who's your ideal, uh, client? Yeah. Yeah. So what we typically do is we offer accounting services, outsource accounting services, just imagine bookkeeping on steroids. Um, a lot of what we do is is the day-to-day work, but also provide really good reporting so that business owners can look at their numbers and make some decisions. Um, our avatar is typically, it ranges. It's a lot of what we do now is like the business owner that may have had some success in the past. Now they're on their second or third business. They're investing, they're seasoned. Uh, so they know what they're looking for. Um, we've got a lot of real estate agents. Um, we we kind of have gone away from the the business owner that's at that six to ten million dollar scaling fast type company and really mm-hmm. focused on the individual entrepreneur that really has has a lot of things going on, right? And their mm-hmm. goal is to get organized. Their goal is to understand where everything's at because they've got things in different places. Um, and yeah. so we're trying to bring that organization to them. Sure. Got it. Well, I can say that the reporting that you've you've provided to us is is really fantastic. So, um, awesome. we'll dive into that uh, in a little bit. But yeah. the title of the the show is "From Adversity to Abundance." Um, we're obviously going to talk about some adversity that you've been through. Sure. Um, for the listener, let's jump into your backstory and and uh, kind of how did you you know how did you get started in in this space and yeah. um, let's focus on that that piece of adversity that you and I briefly spoke about before we hit record. Yeah. So just a quick background. Um, 
you know, I got an accounting degree. It was not my first choice. Um, I had dreams of being a designer and all these different things. And I'm Filipino, so you're either going to be a nurse or an accountant. And that was driven home. And so, you know, I, I ended up with a accounting degree and I went into the corporate world. Um, and luckily it worked out, right? <laughs> I was good enough at it. Um, and then, you know, when I decided to leave the corporate world and start on my own, um, I, I saw some challenges that I didn't know that people don't really know until they're really in it and really understanding how hard it is to start and run a business um, puts challenges on your marriage. It puts challenges on your 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 own personal stress and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's heavily, heavily challenges on on your finances. So that's kind of where we're going. Yeah. So give us some context with regard to how long were you in the the kind of corporate world and oh. and a little more context as to what your what your life looked like, what your family looked like at that point. You know, yeah. you don't have to tell us exactly how much you were making or anything, but right. just what what did your life look like before you decided to make the leap? Yeah, I was I was you know for the most part pretty happy. You know, I I loved what I was doing. I liked being challenged. I was a CPA at first, um, and then went to private, climbed the corporate ladder the CFO mm-hmm. for Telus Properties. That's where I met Sharon, our friend, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the CFO for a private equity firm. Mm-hmm. And um, it was good. It was stable. Um, but I did feel a little burnt out. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that comes with the territory. And um, you're you're doing a lot of work as a CFO, helping, helping to make decisions on behalf of the company. But you're not able to make those decisions yourself, right? You're mm-hmm. just giving them the tools, giving them the analysis, giving them the data for them to to make these decisions. And sometimes you don't even agree with the final decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it came to a point where when you become an entrepreneur, you're in full control of your decisions, right or wrong, mistakes, sure, everything, right? Yeah. So, so it was it was really great. I I can't say that it was it was awful, but I think um, philosophically, in terms of what I really wanted in life, it didn't really hit the mark there. So, and we don't have to go too far down that path, but as far as, you know, were there decisions being made that you, that were, you didn't, were, that you thought maybe were unethical or that type thing, or was it more that you just, you wanted that influence and that control over your own destiny? Yeah, kind of it was never anything unethical. Um, you know, I think I, I really am an accountant by trade. I think if anything was unethical, I would have to leave. Um, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be okay. But, you know, I think, sure. When, um, you know, put in situations where you know, you know, cash is going to be this and that, and and here's what I advise that we should do, and it's yeah. still things are still being done anyways. And I'm not pointing to any one owner, sure, right, right. but Understood. but it's it's hard to watch, right? It's hard to watch sure. things that way. Absolutely, yeah. So now, how long? What did this? Because it, some of our listeners haven't left their their w2 sure. and and we're not saying they should necessarily leave their w2 right. but speak to that listener who um is either a brand new entrepreneur or or they're just thinking about it you know what yeah. was going through your mind at that time and and how did you come to the conclusion that uh, I definitely want to want to leave and start my own thing i think i think also inherently i have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit my dad mm-hmm. had his own um, business growing up and mm-hmm. I saw that growing up and I think I just wanted some freedom. I, sure. if I can kind of nail it down in one word and freedom to make my own decisions, freedom to design my day, freedom to, mm-hmm. you know, anything, right. Anything that I choose to do in my life. And 
And when I was contemplating, you know, I can get into this more. I, I was at a crossroads where I either needed to find another corporate job or, or start mm-hmm. something new. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, I can just go get another CFO job and that'll be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going I'm to try this out. Um, and it was scary and there was, mm-hmm. it was, it was hard and, um, but it, it was rewarding, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was just all on me. And now there was no one else to blame. No one else, you know, mm-hmm. it was what success or fail. It was going to be all on me. Sure. Which can be scary, but also liberating at the right. same time. Right. Um, Cause you do have some influence and in, in control over how the outcome, what the right. outcomes are. So was it a, you know, five year process in, in thinking this through or was it was it a, no, a five day it, how, what did this it, look it was thrown in my face oh so so um i left private equity as cfo and i did some like temporary consulting work i was a director of finance for publicly traded company and it was just going to be i was just trying it out right it was mm-hmm. literally through an, an agency and <clears throat> while i was there i was poached within mm-hmm. within within a week Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the person that was there was also saying, Hey, I'm going to start an accounting company. Um, I think you'd be great. You know, you have this experience. And I thought, well, this sounds kind of cool. I'll be part of a startup. And and yeah. so I was brought on, other other executives and managers were brought on all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and within six months, we were all let go. Yeah. Wow. There was no forecast. This was an accounting startup that had right. didn't forecast anything. And within six months, like several of us were like, go on. And, and I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, how did you right. not see this coming? This is what sure. we do for a living. <laughs> right. That's when I said, okay, well, do I go get another CFO job and throw my resume out there? And I'm sure I can find something. Sure. And, and I thought, no, I'm going to do that. Right. I'm, I'm going to do that. Just I'm going to, I'm capable. Start your own thing. My own yeah. thing. Right. And that was it. That was the birth of it. Got it. And you probably, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want this to sound like cocky, but it's like, I I think I could get another job if I, if I needed to. And so say, say you start your own business and it fails in 12, 12 months. Totally. I mean, go get a job. Go get a job. (laughs) Go get a job. And I kind of knew that. Right. And, and, and my husband, he was supportive. He's like, doesn't work out. You get a job. Right. And the market was good right then, you know, and I've got all the experience. I'm an accountant by trade. There's, there's always going to be something. So yeah. that it it wasn't like I was jumping off this cliff and there was no safety net. I I got anything to fall back on, right? So many things I could do. Mm-hmm. Right. So okay, so you decide to start your own your own business, yeah. um, and I think we're about to get into some of the the real adversity that you yeah. faced. Um, so what did uh, what did that look like for you that time? Well, it was definitely scary. Um, I had yeah. support. I had support. My family, my mom, my husband. You know, everybody was believed in me. So that was to, mm-hmm. to begin with, that was helpful. Sure. And I had, I had started something in the middle of the great recession, similar mm-hmm. like at consulting. It was, I, I was tired of an old job. I just started something. So it wasn't my first stint at starting something new, but mm-hmm. what, what I did this time around is that my only goal was to get a client. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to get a website up. I knew I needed to do mm-hmm. some marketing. I knew, right. and I, but I was not going to drop hours and hours and hours into a website. I just needed sure. to get a client. Yeah. So I I went and networked and and back then you know pre COVID it was events and it was fun and all this good stuff and I was you know I live in here in Orange County and I was walking through kind of a strip mall and there was this woman she was a Pilates studio owner 
So I started talking to her about what we do and, you know, how we can help her and give her some insight. And this is my first pitch, right? It's my whole, whole thing. <laughs> right. Like, we can help you. It's going to be great. And, you know, you'll know <laughs> this and that. I, you know, whatever I could think of just to help her because I knew we could, you know. Mm-hmm. And then she said, okay. So then I put a proposal together for her. And I just remember that phone call when she said yes. And I'm like, I got my first client. <laughs> that's awesome. I got my first client. And yeah. then I was like, okay, that's it. That's good. That's huge. I, I know this is going to work. Um, and it was small, but it was just my first yes. And it was yeah, in, so it's so like, proof of concept and it confirms for you that this can work. Correct. Correct. You can do it once, you can do it again, right? Yeah, right. But but I'm still living off nothing, right? <laughs> it's like, sure. I think I think the contract was like, you know, maybe like a thousand bucks a month or something. So my first one, right? I'm, I've got a family, I've got a mortgage, like all these things, right? And I've got this just one contract, but it was just enough to like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work. Mm-hmm. Now, was your, you know, get as personal as you want, but was your, was your husband working or? Yeah. I mean, he's okay. always, yeah, he's, um, sure. he's had a few stints in, in entrepreneur, entrepreneurism as well, but he's always, you know, worked for big companies. Sure. Um, so he's always had a lot of stability. So yeah. it wasn't like we were both kind of figuring things out. He was right. also unstable. Um, and then starting right. out, it's like, okay, great. I have this one client and now became, you know, the hunt for the second and the third, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I still have to do the work. So <laughs> right, it, was, right. it, was, yeah. it was trying yeah. to find the balance between growing the business as a startup and yep. providing good services. Yeah. It's uh, I can very much relate. It's uh you know, you got to deliver on the the promise that you made right, during right. your first pitch, right? You said right. all these wonderful things, and right. are you actually going to deliver? Or, um, but hey, you can't only do that because right. you, you'll sink your business if you don't yeah. focus on business development and and marketing and scaling. But I do love that. You know, I I mentor some people a little bit here and there in, in mortgage note investing. Um, it's not my main focus, but I, I do enjoy it. But sometimes, you know, people are so they've never bought a mortgage note. They might have a lot of experience in other areas, but mm-hmm. you know, they're so focused on creating a website and getting their yeah. getting all this stuff. And it's like for marketing, like, what what do you need the website for? Right. You, you, let's get like you did, Christine, you know, proof of concept. Let's let's get a client first. Let's right. do a deal. And then let's start to build out your presence um, online. And all of this is industry dependent. And it's, sure. You know, it doesn't, it's not a one size fits all, but um, I love the approach. It's just like start, start, start small in a way and get right. a client. And that right. way you're getting some income and then you right. can kind of focus on how to scale because you can't do everything at once. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you got first client. So, I mean, how long did it go where where your your business was really you know where you were on some i guess shaky financial footing if you will for a while for a okay. while um you know along those same lines you know i think it was 2014 when i started mm-hmm. and you know i was i was starting to get some prospects and starting to get some really good good prospects i was going to do some you know work do some consulting work for tells again i was going to start doing mm-hmm. you know bigger projects mm-hmm. and uh, two two big things that happened in within the first four years is that my dad passed away mm-hmm. um so it's you know it started in like september by january mm-hmm. um it was really sudden and it just mm-hmm. threw everything off right so i can imagine 
Mm-hmm. So it was, it, and it was fast. It wasn't like, oh, my dad was sick for a long time. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was fast. It was like, he went in the hospital. He had, um, then we found out really quickly it was stage four lung cancer and it was, wow. he was intubated within 11 days and wow. you know he, he passed away. So I had this really traumatic experience, like six months into starting a startup. So yeah. I've got a startup, I'm trying to bring in clients. I'm trying to provide services. I've got this thing happening in my life with my, my dad. Um, right. And then yeah, like, a lot. coming out of that fog, all right, let's figure out how to build this thing all over again. So I, I stepped mm-hmm. back into building all over again. And then, you know, then we had got pregnant with a second, second kid. Mm-hmm. And so then now I'm like back into like, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm sleeping four hours a night. I'm trying mm-hmm. to do all these things. I remember going to a proposal mm-hmm. and I was literally seven months pregnant. And they were just like, hmm. But, but I had to like show up. I, I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, I could meet. But. So that had its own challenges. So the first three years were pretty rocky, which translated financially as well, right? You you can't, you can't build, you you can, you can provide service, but you can't really build. And, you know, it's, it's tough that that financial strain is like I mentioned, it's, it's tough on you. It's tough on your relationships. Um, and, and it doesn't allow you to make decisions consciously which is what i wanted to mm-hmm. get into is that you're just yeah. reacting you're reacting to sure. what's happening around you you're spending money here whatever you have left over you're taking it for yourself you're trying to pay your bills and mm-hmm. that happened for about four years i would say mm-hmm. well no and uh, there's a lot to dive into and I, i'm glad you put some uh you know actual quantity of of time on it because yeah. you know it's very easy for us to say oh that must have been a couple a rough couple of weeks you had there you know and i mean Four years is is a long time, um, yeah. and so and and it's not like after four years it was just rainbows right. and butterflies. Right. But right. Um, so looking back, before we get into kind of what you touched on with regard to being more intentional about, and yeah. and I think you know maybe your uh, your calendar, et cetera. But looking back, and this isn't really fair, but looking back, what would you? have what should you have done differently i mean what what could you have done differently it, it's almost an unanswerable question because it's so much to juggle and yeah. maybe it's nothing but what would you what were was a lesson learned or what would you do differently during that four year time period yeah um it's something that i kind of just even just now or uh, i'm starting to like really sink in with is learning to be patient mm. and learning and understanding that it's a marathon right as business owners we're like i need now 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 Mm -hmm. i need to get this now i need to get website done and now i need to go get a new client i have to get this it's like everything is now and that pressure is is so much that you we put on ourselves because we're trying to succeed right now sure and and Mm -hmm. what we need to learn is that okay the success takes time yeah and if i had and if i had if I can go back and tell myself that back then it might've just taken the pressure off, right. To just, right. okay, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to yeah. push, you know, thousand percent every waking moment, you know, so right. just to relax a little bit. Sure. No, that's really good. And uh, I've heard people say, kind of use the reframe your, the way you look at things uh, instead of what if this happens? What if, what if I don't have a successful business in six months? Right. No, just say, even if I don't, th- then I'll be okay. Or even if this, like we said earlier, if, even if this fails, 
right. even if I can go get another job. And that might help provide a little more of that patience because uh, mm-hmm. I, I get the same way. I mean, I you know, it's just... I may be quote unquote laid back, but, um, <laughs> you do seem really laid back. I I, I'm laid back, but I tend to be pretty impatient and, uh, you know, I I'm results oriented as well. Um, I think for most entrepreneurs just tends to be, you know, they're type a, they want to see, cause it is a lot of pressure that, um, but yeah, being patient, taking the long-term view. I think that's a big, uh, takeaway for me, uh, as far as just, uh, that what you just said and holding that that long term uh, having that long term approach and that helps with both successes and failures not just yeah because you know, um keeping everything in context i think is critical but so as you navigated through those and again i'm saying 4 years we know it wasn't exactly 4 years but that time period where it was kind of rocky um walk us through sort of the end of that time period, if you will, and how things started to get more stable or more abundant in your, in your business. What, what did that look like? Um, That's a good question. I went back to BizDev, right? And I feel like when I can get out of the work and get into the world, um, good things happen. Hmm. Um, we Mm -hmm. landed a really large client. This is, this is a good and bad situation. We landed Mm -hmm. a really large client just literally on LinkedIn. Like I built this whole thing on LinkedIn. I just had Mm -hmm. coffee after coffee, but everybody. (laughs) And so I just thought, well, we need to get out there. Let's go back to LinkedIn. And I did the same thing and and ended up meeting with great, great guy. He was a CFO of a, of a fast growing, very large med spa and, you know, brought them in. And that was our first big retainer. Right. Mm -hmm. So we went from these you know, ones and twos and three thousand dollar retainers to like a fifteen thousand dollar retainer, mm, and it was nice. like a big one now. But sure. but we didn't even and we didn't even price it right. We were putting so mm. much time in that we probably could have yeah. priced it differently. But it was still our biggest one. Um, and then you know, prior to COVID, we were a team of ten. We were growing. We were just we we're on our way. Finally, on our way. We've got an office in Irvine. Beautiful, nice little space. We've got a team. I'm not, I'm, I'm just doing biz dev. I got an accounting manager. She's got staff. We've got, ad, we got the whole setup mm-hmm. and COVID happens. <laughs> and yeah. March 14th, the lockdown happened here. Mm. Um, by March 17th, our large med spa that had 15 locations, mm. shut them all down. Wow. And like everything came crashing down. It wow. was like, Oh my God, do I get a job? What do I do? You know what? And, and I had a staff and, we had five people on that team and just for that know, client, you're just saying. for that client, just, I mean, they were doing some other small work with other clients, but sure. five people yeah. on this client. Wow. And we did have to let some people go. Some people went on their own because their home life was just crazy with the kids at home and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, Oh my God, I got to start over again. Mm. I'm going to start wow. over all over again. It literally felt like, 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 Wow. There goes that. Yeah. yeah that's, and it's like, you know, I've, uh, I had a guy named Nate Costa on the show. He owns uh, gyms and spas and things, and he's a, a good uh, friend of mine and great guy. And we talked about the impact that the pandemic had and the shutdown yeah. had on his, his business, but we didn't talk about the vendors that he works with, you know, or, or the, his, yeah. we don't think about the ancillary effects, you know, um, you know, of the the bookkeeping vendor vendor mm-hmm. or you know other um yeah you know, had some pretty uh wide 
reaching effects for sure. But so, man, that's, yeah. And, and so, I mean, there's not much, I mean, most, it sounds like most of your business was coming from one client, which I guess you could say, I don't, I'm not saying that's a mistake. You got to, you right. got to do that. Right. But yeah. there, there is some risk there, right. Concentration. There was, and, I, and I knew it too. I knew, I knew we had a lot in this client and we, mm-hmm. and at that point we had, you know, a, many clients that we've had for three or four years. So we had a nice base, but we just had this one big one that we're putting sure. so much resources into. Right. So luckily all of our other clients, and I do mean like a handful, um, mm-hmm. thrived. They, nice. they thrived. So it was down to me and a few other people that, that were, and, and we, we got lean and we got yeah good yeah. and we got you better rolled up your, you rolled up we, your sleeves and everything yeah. let's look at every single process we do let's make it faster let's make it better and sure we did that and and we went crazy on marketing we just marketed like we were going to go out of business tomorrow we, we just <laughs> and it worked you know it's like yeah. the universe hears you if you're putting it out there sure it's, and and we did promotions and was slowly but surely you know one after another, we started building back up again. Rebuild. But it was, it was a slow, slow climb back up. No, it's it's. I appreciate the the vulnerability because it's you know, again, success is not a, a straight line up and to the right. You know, it's yeah. entrepreneurship has its ups and downs, and obviously, like we've said, that that bleeds over into your personal life, your family That's life, right. etc. Um, so what did what was that rebuilding? Was that a you know two month? time frame or or what did that look like it was it was, it was long um and the, <laughs> and the reason why i say it's long is i think it's because of the nature of what we do um our services mm-hmm. aren't like super easy to sell i think yeah. because it's really very specific it's very sensitive people aren't sure. people kind of pull that thing close to themselves and right um even if they're a business owner if it's their personal finances it really takes some mental like getting over right. a hump to say, I need someone to help me with this, right? So we have always had challenges getting past that. So it slowly did come back. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, I started working with Sharon um, mm-hmm. yeah. on, a, on, a, on a stronger level, right? So so you and I know both Sharon Zervatza. Yeah. Um, him and I met when we were at Telus Properties together. And mm-hmm. over the years, he had just referred business. Talk to Christine, mm-hmm. talk to Christine. She's going to help you out. And then we kind of made it real, you know, we talked about it for, for a while. Um, and then, and then we shifted this business model and you're part of this, part of the shift where, mm. it, where we were going to uh, talk to the entrepreneurs that had a mm. lot going on versus the companies that were just really big. And the reason being is that, cause I will get tapped out. I can only handle a certain amount of clients for me sure. to fix, you know, process improvement. But if we can build a service that's, attainable for everybody yeah. um, without me and just build something strong that that's the goal so him and i right. did that for the last probably 18 months and that's another you know another's okay yeah. changing the business model you know it's going to sure. fix things here and um and then now this is where we're at well i think the without me part is critical and there's so much i could comment on there um and as sharon very well knows the, the value of the business the more you're in the business the, the less value the business has right. when you go to sell it really if, right. that, if that if I said that 100%. correctly um but yeah. you know so yeah Sharon is awesome and and I do recommend the listener go check him out he's got his yes. own podcast he's uh, okay. got a lot more than a podcast he's um the the 
passive income mastermind that I'm a part of. He is a uh, one of the founding members, and um, we don't. He and I don't have any kind of real formal relationship, but he's helped me quite a bit, whether he knows it or not. So, um, very smart with marketing and business development and and uh, just business in general. But so, did you have is what was your was it is it a is he a, is it a formal coaching relationship you have with him? It's a it's a partnership, yeah. And, okay. and which was you know, and I'll be honest, like really scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Had a partner before. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, he had been referring business our way for a long time, and he's like, right. well, "Let's talk about this. Let's you know talk yeah. about making this real." And I was like, "Uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not sure, you know." Um, and he was like, "Hey, there's no pressure," and which is like knowing Sharon, it's like, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? You know, sure. so smart. Um, and yeah. so I had to get get over that piece. Um, and now that he's he is in my corner, he's just yeah. he's like Yoda. I mean, he's just <laughs> like Yoda. He he can break things down very quickly. He can, you know, see where things should go very fast. Right. Um, and I think he even like does it with baby steps with me. Like I think he's just like, okay, now do this. I'm not try this, you know, and right. He doesn't um, give you too much to overwhelm you. Yeah. 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 Right. He's, yeah, I'm um, going to see him next week in uh, yeah. the uh, in Scrub Island. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Any any chance I get to pick his brain uh, no, <laughs> or, or try to try to give him value somehow? But uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's he's a mm-hmm. really really smart. But um, so uh, now, what does that look like with him though? Like on a regular basis, not yeah. not 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 you know the business structure, but just do you have a call with him every week, yeah. or how how does that work? So I think him and I are similar where we don't like to be tied to a lot of like weekly calls and all these different things. Yeah. Um, we were doing, if I need him, Hey, I need you know to jam on something. He'll like, sure. Yeah. I'll, you know, but right now we're, what we're doing is just trading boxers every week. And, sure. yep. and it's just, so it's a, that's a, a audio message that you're right. 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 Yep. So it's an audio message. It's an app. You hold yep. the button and you talk, right? And then right. so I'll I'll do like a Monday and Tuesday. I'm and then I'll just blah blah blah. Right? Here's what's yep. good last week. Here's what bad last week. Here's what I'm focusing on. Here's what's going on. Blah blah blah. Um. And sometimes I'll it'll be like six minutes, and sometimes I'll go on for like thirteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, I'll get his responses to things. He's like, "That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Why don't you try this?" And and it's. I get off, it's it's literally like seven minutes of him talking to me and I'm like, it's like gold, right? It's just <laughs> right. like, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Okay. And like, and that's all it takes, right? Yeah. That's that's all we're doing right now. And it's so powerful, even mm-hmm. just like having that little like conversation every single week. Yeah. No, I've had a a, a little bit of that with Sharon and yeah. it is just, yeah, even 10 minutes or five minutes, you know, yeah. of him sending me a, a WhatsApp voice memo is like, I listened to it like five times just right, to right. <laughs> right, right. take notes. And um, right. so that's really good. And, and and to be clear, this is someone who has had a ton of success in business. Right. And um, he's, I think one company he took from 3.4 million to 3.4 billion and something like that. Is that years. right? In, in five, five years. years. So he, uh, obviously yeah. he would push back and say it wasn't, it wasn't all him, which, yeah, it's true. But it was a lot of him. <laughs> I, and I was lot. there when he I was there when he was brought on. So I was there gotcha. when he was brought on. Got it. And then when this he was tra- it's a Telus tra- Properties. Tell yeah. us, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. And then when he did come on, I was like, who is this guy? Like, you know, like he came right. from like 
Goldman or something. He's like yeah. semi tennis pro or something, you know, and, right. and, yeah. um, and, but he was so like humble and cool about it. Right. But you can see where he was going. And, and then I left because I was, I, you know, had my first child, yeah. um, a lot of that was him, you know, he, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> well, I, I watched his, uh, speech he gave at his alma mater at the commencement yeah. uh, speech the, and, and he did say transformations don't happen in isolation so i guess he would say that he had some support but he, he did and the owners there i know them too they were fantastic and just the group that he was leading you know were mm -hmm. were strong sure yeah so how did that did he see something in you later that i mean why did he yeah, I guess so. work <laughs> I don't mean it in a, in a negative way. No, I'm no, just no. Like... Seriously, I think that was him too. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, he would just keep sending business our way. I think because once he once he got out of that space and he was now this sought after business coach, he would yeah. go into these companies and be like, well, where's your dashboard? Well, where are your financials? Well, what, mm -hmm. what do you got going on here? Like, right. And so then he would just be like, okay, call our scene. And people would call me and say, and I would do my pitch to like, Okay, yeah. When do we start? I mean, Sharon <laughs> sent me. You, don't, said, you can skip. I mean, they would say Sharon said, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, sure, right. sure, sure. You know, let's get started. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of kind of how it just kept happening. Yeah. Well, I think it speaks to the power of re relationships, and you know, I don't think he would have sent you business if he didn't see that you right. were capable uh, and did a good yeah. job when he uh, worked with you before. So I think it also speaks to doing the do, having producing quality work in the moment right and because a lot of people think oh this is worthless i hate this job or you know right. it's like yeah you, you might be frustrated but do a good job because you never know who's watching right now that is a great um, point. Yeah. so i mean there's no way sharon would have helped you build this business if you right. really sucked at your job before right. <laughs> i mean let's right. be honest right. yeah so yeah. um but so okay so then so this was uh you kind of rebuilt for a second or third time, rebuilt yes. for a second time, I guess, if we, yeah. um, uh, so then how have the last uh, three years looked? Um, you know, COVID was interestingly a blessing for us. Um, even though it was painful, it's like one of those mm -hmm. things, right. You know, sure. sometimes yeah. things need to break to get better. Um, and it really changed how we were doing things. We were solving problems with just bodies. Like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. there's too much work. Let's get a body in here. Let's get this. Yeah. And then it was so time consuming to train. And then there was, you know, then it worked yeah. out, all these good things. But we got really lean and thought, all right, how do we stay lean? Like, how mm -hmm. do we how do we keep these margins super high? Mm -hmm. Give, you know, awesome service and just be great. And that yeah. was really what what came out of COVID for us. Mm -hmm. Um so gotcha. we built an overseas team. Um I don't know if you probably work with some of them. Um, Vanessa, yeah, starting starting two more. Yep. They're amazing. I mean, yep. just amazing. We prior to having them, we hired and fired four people in the middle of COVID. We had hmm. so many issues with staffing. Um, and these were people in the U.S. that you US, hired and fired. It was in the gotcha. U.S. Yeah. So uh -huh. they say they could do the job, couldn't do the job. They said they wanted sure. more money, didn't have. I and mean, there's so many different things that we were dealing with. And yeah. we had dabbled a little bit overseas and I wasn't really for it. And I came across this company and, and we gave it a shot. They, they work our hours, um, which was rare. Nice. Yeah. Um, and they're from the Philippines, which is, you know, that's great. I'm Filipino. Yeah. Yeah. And 
and they're just so committed. There's no sense of entitlement. They're so devoted. They, yeah. their work product like blows you away. You see some of their analysis and me and, you know, Megan, our controller, we're like, oh my yeah. God, wow, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So we built the overseas team and then yeah. we're able to, you know, find the, the efficiencies there and then pass that down with this new model. So now the pricing has come down. It wasn't always like minimum mm-hmm. $3,500 retainer. We're mm-hmm. able to like develop a program that, that hits the mainstream. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I've, I've got three virtual assistants, Filipino virtual assistants on my mm-hmm. team. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, it can be some work in depending on how you're kind of sourcing that talent, if you will. Sure. Uh, we've, I've had my ups and downs with hiring VAs as well. Yeah. Right now I've got three rockstar VAs on my team. And so, and man, they are, they're really good. Really good. Um, so yeah. Um, did you have any, do you have any uh, tips for the entrepreneur who might be thinking of hiring a virtual assistant for their business and uh, how to approach that? Yeah. You know, we, we, we did things a few different ways. Um, ultimately, it's like a standard hire. Um, you've got to go through the process. We, we've we been at first tried a few and we're just like, all right, let's just give it a shot. And and it was just kind of loose. Um, yeah. And then we started doing the full process, like going through the resumes, you know, mm-hmm. doing the doing multiple interviews, really kind of understanding who they were sure. um, and going that way and just treating it like they are here. Right. Sure. And because. Yeah. Because you think, oh, they're over there. If I want to change my mind, I want to change my mind. But you, you've already <laughs> invested all this time in training them, right? And yeah. you just wanted to succeed. So yep. I would, I would just tread carefully. I'm all for it. I think you, you know, I think there's not just from the economic standpoint, but there right. is, there's a different mentality when you're when you're dealing with, you know, people overseas, right? There's there's yeah. just a higher level of commitment. There just seems to be a higher level of dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I mean. Right. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of competition for those jobs over in the Philippines in particular. And, um, you know, let's face it, a lot of people in the U S are pretty entitled and, uh, spoiled and pretty demanding. So, you know, that's, we had someone show up to a client meeting, like in her robe. I was like, what is happening right now? Wow. (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's crazy. And she was cold. Um, so she put her robe. On. I was like, okay. okay, yeah, um, yeah. So, no, I mean, we've had, and I, I don't plan to move away from the the VA uh, you know, model at all. It's, it's been yeah. great. And the other thing to mention is, you know, because you have this, I've seen this criticism. It's more on Twitter with, you know, um, where you have uh, people trying to stir up controversy. But oh, you pay these people five dollars an hour. You, you know, and well, first of all. I know I'm paying more than that, but, but, um, (laughs) secondly, these are really good jobs for them, you know, for them. Um, and so to me, I just see it as a win-win all the way around. Um, I mean, you do the exchange, right. You understand, you know, what they're getting and, you know, I, I'm a big believer in compensating well, right. If people are doing good for you, you want to take care of them and, you know, they get bonuses just like our team gets bonuses or, you know, we've got, they've got a, you know, allowance for, you know, our team lunch. They get the same thing. They get everything that that happens here. And so they're grateful, right. They're, they're getting not just their salary, but any perk, their anniversaries, Mm -hmm. their birthdays, 
we're sending them money all the time, you know, because we're so (laughs) grateful for what they're doing. Sure. I love it. So as we start to wrap up here, I do have some uh, some rapid fire questions. Okay. But before we get there, do you have any kind of overall overarching kind of lessons learned or and we've talked about several, but anything yeah. else come to mind as far as, um, you know, that, that the listener could take with regard to becoming an entrepreneur, scaling your business, wearing multiple hats? What's one or two things that kind of comes to mind when I, so many when I talk about that? Um, I will say the first thing is, is the marathon, right? It's, yeah. it's not a sprint. Understanding that it's going to take time um, and not putting so much pressure on yourself, I think yeah. is, a, is a big thing. And then the second thing, which is a big thing for me is, is understanding what you really want out of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And for me, I'm not someone that's really driven by a lot of money. I, I'm driven sure. by time and balance. And sure. I didn't want to have to ask permission to take my kids to the pumpkin patch. And <laughs> I really, I really wanted time. I really wanted yeah. balance. And that was, was important to me. Sure. Um, so really understanding like, what is it that you want out of being an entrepreneur? Yeah. And making that happen. No, that's really good. Um, and I'm, I'm very similar. I, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid of hard work at all, right. but, but yeah, if I, you know, my daughter has a, a graduation thing on, uh, on Friday, uh, right. and taking the morning off right. because I, because right. I want to. Right. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. And I know you have been kind of intentional about creating some boundaries with regard to your own, your own work schedule. Can you speak to mm-hmm. that briefly? Yeah. When I first started, I was like, I'm not working Fridays ever. And that didn't happen. Yeah. I was working all <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, but now we have gotten to the point where, um, Mondays and Fridays are, are just no client meetings at all. Nice. Right? And at, at all. So a lot of that's planning and sure. and and call planning, right? Cup of coffee and and walking through what I need to do, maybe taking yeah. care of some personal stuff. But those two bookends of the week are mm-hmm. are mine. Um nice. to, to use in in a in a way that's that's helpful for me. How right? you see fit. Yeah. Got right? it. Tuesday, awesome. Wednesday, Thursday are are clients and staff, whatever the clients need and whatever the staff need. Love it. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. All right. You ready for some rapid fire I'm questions? I'm ready. Let's do it. What's, what is something that people misunderstand about you? Oh, um, see, I don't give you all the questions ahead of time. I got to I know. You I, know. You didn't, I was looking for this. <laughs> um, I, I'm not really like an accountant, an accountant, you know? It's, okay. I'm, 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 I, I love the that? arts growing up, you know, it's, got it. You know, I, I, I love playing sports. I've got a lot of hobbies. I play the piano, yeah. I love to paint, I love to golf. I love to do all these things. I'm just not so like, a, like you a can person. do, you can do the accounting stuff, yeah. but it's not your passion per se. Business um, owners are. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I'm, to be honest, I was going to, I mean, I think most, if I can generalize, I think most accountants and CPAs don't make good business owners. <laughs> and so right. Right. for the most part, this is a broad generalization. I'm not putting anyone down, but yeah, you know, if you're really into spreadsheets and numbers all yeah. day long, you might not be the best at the human side of hiring, firing, scaling, right. marketing, right. et cetera. Um, right. What's one of your biggest regrets or failures? It doesn't have to be anything monumental, but just looking back, whether personal or business related, what's something you would do differently? Um, 
I'll do business. Um, and it's probably the biggest regret I had. We had, I know he was a friend of mine and we were handling his books for a long time, but it just wasn't getting the right attention. Um, mm. and I think, and this is why that kind of like friends and stuff anymore. Um, and this was, this was ages ago, but you know, it just wasn't getting a lot of attention. And then when he went to like, really look at things to sell, we really had to do some adjusting and cleanup. And it really kind of shined a light on and nobody can be neglected, right? Um, and sure. I think, and I think it's, it wasn't, and I think it because it was a friend, right? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's very paying anything. Everybody wants a deal, you right. know, and he's successful, he's stable, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of just, you know, I had a staff person on doing it and it mm-hmm. just didn't get what we need. And so I think for me, I really try and stay away from a lot of friends and family type deals. Sure. Um, because that that's one thing that I wished happened differently. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Um, if you were given $10 million tomorrow, whether it's Sharon who writes you the check or someone else, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but if you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? Um, I've, I've got a passion project that I'm just okay. launching. All right. What's what's that? Um, it's, you can it's talk about it. It's a nonprofit. I know we're running out of time, so I won't get into yeah. it too much. But it's a nonprofit um, for girls at basketball. Okay. Yeah. I, awesome. I, the quick and dirty is that I grew up playing basketball. I ran a women's basketball league in college because there was a, there was none to be had. And it was great. It was successful. And my 11-year-old is playing now and she wants to play. And there's no girls leagues anywhere. Mm. Oh, there's wow. massive softball. There's massive volleyball. There's, huh. girl, uh, uh, there's a gaping hole. Right. And if I had $10 million, I would create a national or international league awesome. and gym. Gems. So cool. I have so many lessons. I've, I mean, team sports were a huge, uh, huge. part of my, my uh, life before. And there's so many, you know, life lessons that you can apply. So from. much, so much. It's huge. So yeah. um, you may have touched on this already, but what's one challenge that you're facing in your, in your business right now? Mm, the marketing is not something that's easy for me. Mm. So well, that's why you're, you're here. We're going to get this out to a million great. listeners. Everybody, everybody needs to. <laughs> um, we did hire a new marketing coordinator. And and unfortunately, over the years, I probably have signed and let go so many different marketing mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. it's just been a challenge for someone to understand financial services. Um, but sure. I just hired somebody. She's great. She's eager. She's awesome. fresh out of college with a business degree. She loves nice. marketing. She's got the energy. So I'm really excited about doing that. Yeah. And I imagine it is, like you said, it's, it's, people don't want to part ways. It's very, it's very personal type of business, you know, with the, with the books. So converting that marketing to sales is is just, I imagine is is a challenge like you. And what were you going to say? The the environment's always changing, right? Oh, sure. It's yeah. the email marketing and it's the social right. media and it's, you know, who's, you know, what's the engagement and it's, it's always yeah. changing. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, all I had, you know, events and yeah. events and coffee and all these good stuff. And it would just grow like that. But right. But it's, it's all different. Now. Yeah. That's why you got Sharon. He'll keep you up to date. 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you had to, if you were able to have coffee with uh, any historical figure, who would it be and why? doesn't have to be your favorite it could just be one of 10 that you would like to have coffee with historical figure they could be alive today someone that that's not sharon that you'd like to have a coffee with um probably um probably the dalai lama 
Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I found, you know, I, I grew up Catholic and, and prayer and all that good stuff, but I probably found mm-hmm. meditation um, in like 2019, I think, and changed a lot. Nice. And, you That's know, awesome. like, for a lot, a, lot, a lot of places in my life. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to someone just starting out in your career field? In my career field? Yeah. As a, in the accounting career field. Um, I would take the time, pretend you're signing on a new client and walk them through every single step of the process. And as if you were that client from beginning to end, and then look at every single piece Mm-hmm. That needs to be developed along the way. Hmm. That's really good, whether it's accounting or not. I mean, that's yeah. um, really that's just a matter of empathy and putting yourself in the the client's shoes, right? Um, trying to understand their their perspective. Um, that's awesome. So, how about a book or two that you could recommend for my listener? Oh. Um, Atomic Habits. Love that, James that's Clear. So good. good. Yeah. So so good. It's awesome. Um, on the on the fiction side. Um, Fountains of Silence and okay. The Giver of Stars. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Um, we're about to wrap up. Yes. What has, I think you, you alluded to it, but what does financial abundance mean to you or what does having that allow you to do in your, in your life? Yeah. It's not necessarily, I've got millions of dollars in my account. It's, yeah. it's really being able to make conscious decisions around spending. Um, yeah. And, and, and you spend as an entrepreneur, you spend so much of your time worrying about payroll or worrying about the expenses. And then am I going to make it? And that a feeling when that is like gone, no matter at what size you're at, because I know $10 million companies that struggle to make payroll also, sure. no matter what size that you can have control and be conscious of your finances, just shifts altogether. And and then that freedom that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier of freedom right. in your decision, freedom in your finances, just not having that pressure on you goes away. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Christine Valdez, uh, where can our listeners find you online? Got our website, myfinancialhaven.com. Um, awesome. It's our website. Um, on Instagram, I'm just christine.valdez. And on LinkedIn, I'm Christine Valdez. Perfect. And yeah. for the listener who's looking for potentially a new uh, bookkeeping service or bookkeeping on steroids, because it is really more than bookkeeping. Yeah. Um, briefly speak about the kind of the solutions that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few packages, um, bronze, silver, and gold, and they're kind of geared around what the entrepreneur needs. I would say the majority of our clients are at that bronze level, um, which is perfect. They're They're getting their books reconciled on a regular basis. They're getting reporting at every month without fail. And then, you know, we're still there. Um, and then our silver packages, same services, both quarterly meetings, and then gold is monthly meetings. Um, and then, you know, so you're somewhere around there. I think we see you a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're trying to push me away, but no, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, we love uh... working with you. We always, we always <laughs> talk about how, how great you are. No, and I and I know from firsthand experience as well. You you all can do kind of project based work as well yeah, to, right. to maybe clean something up. Sure, um, sure. Just you know, 
asking for a friend. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but maybe even if it's not ongoing, you, I know that yes. Haven can take on a big project to um, to you know maybe clean up one year's books, yeah. so to speak. It's it's very common. It's super super common. I think ninety percent of our clients start with a cleanup project. Um, some are six months, one year. We've had one that we just finished a four year cleanup. So a lot of that goes. Does a big cleanup and then you go into a package or you don't, yeah. right? But at least you sure. have that done. Like I said earlier, the reporting is not something I'm used to. I've had, I've worked with bookkeeping services before and I've never had the same level of reporting before I was having to dive through, you know, go sort through all kinds of spreadsheets. And yes, they're there if I can, if I need them, but right. it's awesome to have that monthly snapshot of, you know, the PL and balance sheet kind of all together to see where, where our business is. So um, that's been fantastic. So Christine, thank you so much for thank spending you. your, your time with us today. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And to the listener out there, don't forget to check out our website, adversity the number two adversity And thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks everyone. Take care. Investors. Have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S.com. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.